welcome to Out of Tim, a time travel podcast with your hosts, Tim Fulton and William Mount. Here we are, episode two, per our contractual agreement ahead of time. Episode two has to be about Back to the Future Part One. Yes. Back to the Future Part One came out in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off to flat holes. <laughs> Back to the Future Part One was released in 1985. Uh, there is a whole lot of sort of production stuff we can get into. Yeah. We can get into uh, the fact that when they started filming, uh, Michael J. Fox was not the original Marty. Eric Stoltz, wasn't it? Eric Stoltz was was the original Marty at the beginning of filming. They said he filmed like 80% of it. I don't believe... My understanding is is that he only filmed... See, let's not go down too many rabbit holes. But (laughs) my understanding was that he really only filmed like a couple of scenes. And it was after they got their first set of film back from being processed. Their dailies. Their dailies. Yeah. Uh, literally, they got it back and they were like, this just isn't going to work. Okay. And a couple other cast members have come out and said, you know, Eric Stoltz was great, is great, is a great actor, but he just didn't get what he they were trying the tone, to yeah. do. He wasn't, it wasn't, not that Back to the Future is a comedy, but there wasn't like this sort of fun aspect of it. He wasn't bringing that. He was truly thinking about like, as an actor, what would it be like to make out with my mom? Right. And like, that's, that's not the kind of movie they wanted right. to make. That would have been a very different film. Oh, yeah. However, it should be pointed out that Eric Stoltz was not the first person cast. Michael J. Fox was oh, yeah. indeed the first person cast to play Marty McFly. And it was simply because of his very, family ties, a very rigorous filming schedule with family ties. And they ended up filming... Because they then brought Marty McFly on, there was some negotiation in terms of like when they would film it. But if you you can read about it in Michael J. Fox's biography, My Life, uh, (laughs) talking about how he would do daytimes at Family Ties, at least for a period of time, at Family Ties, and then film at night at the Back to the Future 1 set, which is interesting because a lot of the outdoor scenes that don't occur on the town square are at night. Oh yeah. Uh it's important to point out that the family square or that the town square was inside a sound studio. Yeah. It's a it's a locked it's a, off yeah. thing. That was also filmed at night. Yeah. So God bless all those actors that came out and were, yeah. you know, why are we doing this daytime scene in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the night? So while wow, Michael J. Fox has worked for eighteen hours that day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Michael he very a hard working man. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole lot we can get into, and I imagine we will sort of do just a production episode or maybe a couple production yep. episodes that go through how did this film get made, because um, it took a long time to get made as well. Um, how did Steven Spielberg get involved? How was it written? What? Uh, how was the film different from when it was originally w- written to when it was produced? There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's also ensuing lawsuits later on yeah. uh, as a result of the second and third films. But for the purpose of today's show, <laughs> we're simply going to, well, I imagine we'll diverge a little bit, but we're going to talk through the plot and talk through sort of some of the, I'm going to call them perceived plot holes. Okay. Uh, yep. 
Billy, you and I just watched through some terrible some video. Some hats video of his some, grudges. Some terrible <laughs> video. Just not so much pointing out the plot holes, but simply uh, production snafus. Yeah. So-and-so thing disappears in right. the next scene. It doesn't actually matter. Hey, so, man, there's so many different realities that could have been going on. Right. Well, not within the context that we're watching it. No, but it's just stories we didn't see yet. Right. Like, <laughs> all of a sudden, she's missing a tooth. Right. Like, it's not that, you know, if we apply time travel to everything, right. there you go. Exactly. So, Back to the Future Part 1. And this is sort of going to stick with our intended format for future shows. We're absolutely welcome to feedback. The purpose here is just for folks who haven't seen it. Yeah. We're in Hill Valley, California, 1985. The film was released July 4th, 1985. The film was actually based October 26th, 1985. Um, And... There's this teenager who's got this great girlfriend named Jennifer, and he decides to compete in the Battle of the Bands. And he doesn't win the Battle of the Bands. He is told he is, quote, too darn loud by some guy who just happens to be Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis (laughs) in the News. And side note and shameless self-promotion that I actually created a dance party called Too Darn Loud that never really <laughs> went anywhere, but that's not really that important. Um, you're introduced sort of to the cast of characters in the family, to his parents who, um, you know, his mom is just sort of like wistful for a time gone by. His father, played by Crispin Glover, is a, you know, just kind of uh, ineffectual Doof? Doof. I was going to say nerd. Doof is much better. Yeah. Uh, And the bully of Biff. Um, Then, all of a sudden, he... uh, Sorry, I totally cut out the scene where (laughs) he comes in at the beginning and the fantastic pan across the workshop garage uh, of all the clocks and him. You you get to know he's working with this crazy scientist guy. Oh, he knew he was working with this crazy scientist guy. Well, I'm saying the audience gets to know Uh, at that point. Yes, it's literally the first scene. Yeah. So, but you don't really know who he is. Right. You just know like, hey, uh, can you, you know, Einstein's with me and I'll see you later. And it's... (laughs) My clock, my weird clock experiment. My my (laughs) clock, yeah, my (laughs) clocks are all 20 minutes off. It's important to point out that, uh, Watching the film now, it's odd that Marty McFly is friends with this older man. Uh, yeah, in 2018's timeline? In 2018, in our current timeline. Uh, High with, school boy to be friends with a s- old man. Sci- I'm using scientists in quotations. He's doing air nobody, quotes. Yeah, that no, should be pointed out. Nobody believes that he's a scientist, but it's weird. Yeah. Well, and don't they at the dinner table like point out like you really shouldn't be hanging out with that old guy. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, that doc calls him to. So you've got sort of the, you know, the basic exposition of yeah. here's here's his family and here's everything that's going on in his life. Uh, by the way, it should be pointed out. Nobody goes into a film not knowing anything about what's about to happen. 
um because there were previews that like it's sorry excuse me it's called fucking back, back to the to future, the future yeah. like you know it's about time travel <laughs> anyway goes and meets doc at the twin pines mall doc reveals that he's turned a uh what at the time was a very cutting edge niche vehicle into a time machine it is as if we today had created a time machine out of a tesla oh yeah yep that's the perfect example it's a you know very niche only a few people have it when you see one it turns your head kind of car um does a little experiment makes the his dog go five minutes into the future i believe uh ooh, excuse me just one minute one minute the future. Yeah, one minute sorry i'm not being a i should have studied a little <laughs> bit ahead of time people are going to say how are you such a big fan and i'm like i'm good enough of a fan that i can just recount all this off the top of my head uh so uh then all of a sudden the libyans show up uh the as a result it's been revealed at that point that doc has stolen some plutonium from the plutonium from the libyans uh sure enough the libyans show up because they're pissed off the video we were just watching of all the plot holes, it's not really clear how the Libyans knew to go there at one thirty in the morning to get him. He could have been following him. Could have been following him. That's that's an excellent <laughs> point. Uh, but just to quickly get back through the plot, Marty accidentally goes back to 1955. Trying to escape the Libyans. Trying to escape the Libyans. Um, ends up meeting... Quote, uh, let's see if these bastards can do 90. <laughs> let's see if these bastards can do 90. It's important to point out here. Uh, so here are here are the facts. Uh, control it. The DeLorean is the vehicle that uh, allows for time travel. Yes. It's important to note there that I didn't use the phrase makes time travel possible. Right. Because... Here are the things that we know about this car at this point. We know that it has to go 88 miles per hour in order for it to travel through time. At that point, it triggers the time circuits. The time circuits is a simple, it's not even LED, it's just a dot matrix. Yeah. Uh, it's a readout. Time readout <laughs> yeah. uh, of where you are, where you have been, and where you're about to go. There yeah. are three of them. Uh, behind the times, so that's where it tells you how to, where to go. But behind that is the flux capacitor. The flux capacitor, to use a phrase I used earlier, the flux capacitor is what makes time travel possible. In order for the flux capacitor to work, it needs a certain amount of power. It needs 1.21 gigawatts in order to work. <laughs> It has been pointed out multiple times uh, that gigawatt could just be a mispronunciation of gigawatt. It, it was, and that's why Christopher Lloyd got the part they said, is because they liked the way he pronounced it. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but a gigawatt is a real thing. Yeah. I thought, so it's been, I've always had the understanding, and I'm sort of the guy who's like, has gone through like, what happened with Eric Stoltz? And right. like, how did this movie get made? <laughs> I didn't know that I always sort of assumed they were like, uh, we don't want to uh, infer that there's an actual amount of to- of energy that it would take. But in hindsight, that actually seems silly to me right. because I'm sure there were plenty of people driving 88 miles per hour. Yeah. Not 
just to travel in time, but just to prove they could go that fast. And it's probably the earliest argument of GIF versus GIF. Mm. You think Christopher Lloyd caused that? <laughs> I think he started the hard versus soft G in that in that frame. That should be added to the Back to the Future legacy. Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> Absolutely that. Um, so 1.21 gigawatts in order. That's the amount of power that it needs. That's why they need the plutonium. I would like to point out, this is a plot hole. Not really a plot hole, but something important to point out. Did you know that the speedometer on a DeLorean only goes to 75 miles per hour? I did not know that. It doesn't. It only goes to 75, and that's why there was an additional digital readout on the oh, dashboard okay. to make it go up to 88. So you don't think he could have actually... Well, listen, he made a time machine. He could probably he could probably soup up a DeLorean to make it go faster than I certainly miles believe an hour. that. I certainly believe that. But it's important to point out that the, they at least saw that though. You know what I mean? Like they there's a digital readout on there because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it makes for a better vis- visual effect. Right. A friend of mine, and I think we've talked about this, owns uh what he refers to as the fastest DeLorean in the world. Oh. Which is a DeLorean. And he will be on a future episode nice. of Out of Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'm always properly. <laughs> Out of Tim. Out of Tim. Out of Tim. Uh, he has agreed already to be on a future episode All of right. this podcast to talk about the fastest DeLorean in the world. Excellent. Uh, by the way, you can see Fastest DeLorean in the World, the film, on uh, Amazon. If you're a Prime member, you can see it for free. Uh, please rate it. He would he would tell me to tell you that. Uh, this guy though is also uh, the first vlogger oh. in the acknowledged by Wired magazine as oh, being nice. the first video blogger uh, in the world. But this, so there's my extended shout out to Adam and Adam. Look forward to having you on a future show. Um, so Marty goes back to 1955. Uh, finds himself, uh, runs into a barn that, you know, ends up running over a pine tree. And then rather than the twin pines mall, it's the single pines mall. I don't want to point out all the minutia that changes from, from past (laughs) to future. It's just the interesting stuff to me at this point. Um, ends up, uh, running into, you know, his parents? His parents, past yeah. Biff, past Dad, past Lorraine, his mother, um, and then gets hit by Lorraine's dad's car, and she ends up... Uh, this is the alternate... This is where he alternates the timeline, like this officially. Is where ta- that's an excellent point, yeah. because we should start talking about yeah. things that way. That's yeah. the first point where it matters. Yes. Uh, he, be, he was just a visitor at this point. He was just a visitor, which is something that can happen. Like yep. people can just go observe the past or the future. Yeah, the butter. He didn't cause the butterfly effect yet. He's just. Yes, is that yeah. what you want to refer to it as? I, I guess that's probably the easiest way because that's what everybody brings up. You know, the, well, rip, worry, the ripple of time. He hasn't rip, rippled the time yet, or time rippled. So <laughs> let's go ahead and insert our jingle. Uh, our jingle right okay. here. So from there, she you know gets a crush on Marty, which as a uh, this is, it just starts getting weird right yeah. there. Um, but in 2018 standards, 
a lot of internet sites would have you think that that's the norm. Uh, <laughs> pornographic ones, certainly. Porno- oh, we got so. God, we are in the darkest timeline. Yeah, we sure are. Um, some of this stuff I will get uncomfortable about yeah. simply because it's a. I don't think it's fucking funny to demean women or, and not just because I have a daughter and right. not just because I have a father, but because they're human beings. Right. Um, also the way that women are written sometimes yeah. is kind of not cool. Right. Like the fact that like she just felt bad for him and she, you know, needed to protect him yeah. and that's enough to validate her, um, you know, uh, offering her body to right. him is weird. Yeah. Uh, so lots of weird punny jokes about his jeans being placed on her hope chest. Yeah. Um, and how he looked at her underwear, excuse me, how she looked at his underwear while he was asleep. Yeah. Like, ha ha. Uh, then he has, I, th- I think, I guess what I saw that as is them trying to show how different, because they show Lorraine in the beginning and how kind of, for lack of a better term, morose she seems to be. Yeah, she's, she's you know what I mean. Talking about like, this yeah. is what my life was like right. before. Right, and she also critiques uh, Marty's girlfriend for calling Marty. She's, oh. She thinks a girl should never be forward with a guy, but here she is when he oh, goes and, back well, there. But literally says as well, I would never call a boy. Right, I would never talk to a boy i would never sit in a parked car with, with a, a boy. boy and we see her do all of these all things. of those things so right we're we're seeing that's good writing right there yeah i mean <laughs> it's a good it's why it's such a good self-encapsulated film yeah at a time right now and i'm not shitting on it i think it's cool to go as deep as you can down these things i am uber excited about Spider-Man into the multiverse. Oh yeah, me and, too. And and where that can go. Yeah. But it's super self-encapsulated this film and it's odd that I'm criticizing um sequels when this is a trilogy right. at, at the end of the day. <laughs> uh but th- this film can stand on its own and and can sort of introduce individual points. Um and we're not even really talking about time travel right, right. now. We're talking about um sort of the quality of the writing. Yeah. Um anyway, so he then, you know, goes to meet Doc. Uh, there's some funny joke about John F. Kennedy Drive thrown in there. <laughs> um, and uh, Doc doesn't believe him. But finally, Doc, or excuse me, Doc is basically like, wait, Doc doesn't, does Doc believe him at first? Cause no, he doesn't. Well, he opens the door. to Once he finds out where Doc lives, he opens the door. And Doc and is, he's got the crazy he's thing got on the his cra- head. He's, trying, he's, he's like, don't tell me. Don't tell me. He's trying. He's right. This is where you get to learn that he's like this crazy scientist guy that's doing all these weird experiments. Right. So then he puts the plunger on Marty's head, and he's trying to guess what he's thinking. And then Marty rips it off, and he says he's from the future. And then Doc laughs at him because he doesn't think that that's possible. Oh, and then he makes the joke yeah. about Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan being yeah. president. Yeah. Um, Florence Nightingale is like the minister of the earth. Who's the secretary of state? Uh, John, or no, I can't remember who he says. But he, he starts making references to other Hollywood elites and stuff like that. Right, which is an excellent actually point in the writing too, where it's like, oh, this guy's from 1955. Right. Um, but what's super interesting as well is there's no like, 
itchy references. It's all like Florence Nightingale, John Wayne, Ronald Reagan. There's no like, hey, uh, can we point out the massive social shift that has happened between, you know, here and now? Like the civil rights era happened. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's, it's not interesting so much as it is a, a super safe play. Yeah. Uh, that it's like they kind of branch out to that at the end. Uh, if we can get a little bit ahead of ourselves, we can get a. I mean, when when they uh, when Biff's crew confronts the band and they, you know, I guess that would still probably take place. What was in some it? Parts Who of you America. Call it Peckerwood. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, but like, it's. I don't wait. Am I allowed to say yes word? <laughs> I don't think so. Stuff's I don't anymore again. There are have worse terms. Sorry, they're certainly not going to use the N word. No, not at all. It's but, a PG movie. Well, there are. Uh, Even though in real life that probably would have happened. <laughs> no, in real life, nineteen fifty-five. Yeah, I don't think so. You don't think that would happen? I believe the word that would have been used would have started with a C and would have been talking about a nocturnal animal that you may find. Oh a, yeah, a, yep. Going through a garbage can. Yeah. That was also that was also a super safe play there, right? Um, but yes, yeah, so there maybe there's a little bit of social education yeah. there. So here's the social education. Uh, <laughs> now we're just getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Beat up bullies, uh, you know, stand right. up to them. Yeah. Um, still, the subjugation of women is pretty okay. That, again, this is the '80s at that time, so we haven't right. really. Oh, there's we a whole there's a whole lot of hurdles. Wait. Yes, you know, this is also being recorded in 2018. We are literally only a year into the Me Too movement. Right. Uh, I'm just saying that literally trying to have a little bit of forethought about where this shit goes. Right. Uh, We're about to, in just two weeks, uh, experience the midterm elections for Donald Trump. Right. So that's sort of, you got to know this in the context (laughs) of the time that we're recording it and how uncomfortable not just because I'm a father, but how uncomfortable some of the aspects of this film still make me. The fact that it was um, so much more of a big deal in this film that Biff almost broke George McFly's arm than not two minutes prior. Assaulting. Sexually assaulted. And like you... Right. Pretty comfortable calling that attempted rape. Very much like, so. We <laughs> we say sexual assault right now it was, in this culture because we don't want to say rape because that's a very different accusation. Right. So this was definitely attempted rape. Yes, it was attempted rape. Yeah. Um and oh my god, I don't want to get into this part of it, but it should be like there's this weird aspect of it that the film actually does where uh, Lorraine is approaching Marty in such a way. She's coming on to them. Yeah, very much so. Nothing wrong with that. The issue that happens is it is presented, the film is presented in such a way that because Lorraine is wearing a dress that's of a, that's yeah. super low cut and because she's leaning down, it's important to point out that, but sorry, we skipped a whole bunch yeah. of the movie, but that's, you know, we'll get back to it. It's important to point out that she's leaning down in such a way. Biff doesn't approach the car to talk to her, to interact with her right. at all. 
He approaches the car because he sees George McFly, Marty. Yeah. Excuse me, uh, Calvin Klein. Yeah. Marty, and wants to be, beat the shit out of yeah. him. And then because she's leaned down, he's like, "All right, henchman. Yeah. Take George McFly over here. I'm gonna get my rocks off. Right. And it's in the film. It's sort of dealt with like that's not okay, but it's not nearly as big a deal <laughs> as if George's arm gets broken. Right. Fucked up. Anyway, uh, wait, let's go. We're going to go back back about an hour. Um, So Marty and Doc formulate a plan to get him, quote unquote, back to the future. There it is. And also to solve the problem of him having met his parents uh, and not and sort of interrupting their natural meeting of each other because there's some stupid picture he's got in his pocket where his siblings are disappearing. Yeah. Um, so, and it all revolves around the enchantment under the sea dance and the <laughs> rhythmic dance or what do you say? What's a, a rhythmic, uh, God, I can't fucking remember it. I love having you watch <laughs> this so immediately before recording. Uh, I goof up on that stuff. All it's the time. a traditional rhythmic dance. Yeah. The young people do Like it's <laughs> yeah. something like that. Um, and uh, also there's, you know, the, the plot of the clock tower. Uh, that's the night of the, the big storm in Hill Valley that lightning struck the clock tower yeah. back in 1955. Guess what? That's where Marty is now. And uh, coincidentally, they, they, the amount of energy they need to get home. Well, I think basically all they point out is that's enough energy. Yeah. And so oh, they decide okay, yeah, yeah. to harness it. Uh, and put it directly into the flux capacitor and send him home. Yeah. It's important to point out here that he must also be going 88 miles per hour at that point. So uh, through a series of events, uh, uh, Marty solves everything with a plan hatch with George, his dad, his future dad, to uh, come to Lorraine's rescue that will then end up in her falling in love with yeah. him, which is also pretty fucked up. Let's point that out. That like <laughs> a woman saves your life and then you're obligated to, right, she's you know, obligated to, to marry him. Yeah. Um, I like that. We're going to hate this movie by the end. Of this I don't want to hate it. I love it. Uh, I have so much memorabilia. Um, but that they, that was supposed to be the way it goes that he saves her. Uh, and then Lorraine loves him. Turns out Biff interrupted that whole thing. and uh, But at the end of the day, he solved all that. And then there was, uh, he got back to get back into the car to drive the car at 88 miles per hour just as lightning was striking the clock tower. There's a little bit of mechanical difficulty with the car. <laughs> uh, but and with the end- power lines. And with the power lines because of the storm. Uh, Doc, in fact, is able to reconnect the power lines just as lightning is striking it. And electrocuting himself, but he turns out to be just fine. And <laughs> the, well, yeah, that would cause a huge time continuum if he died there, because then nobody would have in, invented the time machine, and then Marty would have probably been stuck in like the void of space or something like that. I mean, all of this is by the skin of our teeth. Yes, right? very much yeah, so. Absolutely. So we're very close to the end of the film at yeah. this point. Uh, in fact, let's go ahead and set go ahead and set another ding right here. Marty get, gets back to yep. 1985. Uh, sorry, we missed a huge plot point. 
reverse that ding ding. don't play it in a reverse though (laughs) uh we'll add it here in a second marty decides as he's prepping to he gets out of the dance somehow he has time to sit himself down in a diner yeah and write himself excuse me write a letter to future doc that says do not open until 1985 right that is explaining I actually don't think we noted it earlier. The Libyans shot Doc. Yeah. And the perception is that Doc was killed. Right. Um, he writes Doc a, a, a letter to, writes future Doc a letter to put in the, you know, the cover of the DeLorean yeah. so that hopefully he finds this letter that says, hey, the night of October 26th, yeah. you may be, the Libyans are going to come and get you. Yeah. It's pointed out online a lot. If Doc was aware of all of this, why did he ever steal the plutonium in the first place? Why did this all right. get caused? Um, but uh, Doc actually ends up tearing up the letter in the middle of the storm. Marty can't wait because you know the lightning strike is happening yeah. at a very certain time. Um, and so Marty decides... Uh, oh, I can save Doc uh, simply by going, go, back going back in time earlier than he had previously yeah. planned. Uh, turns out he didn't have enough time to do it and uh, watches from the sidelines of the Twin Pine, excuse me, single Lone pi- Pine, Lone Pine Mall at that point, um, watches Doc get shot uh, and runs up to him and it turns out he's just fine. There's a short in the oh, that's thing. Funny. I don't know why it happens. <laughs> Ever since I changed the light bulb. Um, uh, find out that he... Approaches Doc, finds that out that he's just fine, that he had indeed read yeah. the letter, and that he was wearing a bulletproof vest, and everything's fine. I say the... You're, okay, so the plot hole is that, like, why would he keep through with it if he knew the Libyans were going to attack him at that point? Right. Okay, so he's a scientist. Correct. He knows that this experiment will work. You know what I mean? Like, he knows this is a surefire way that this will have positive results. Right. Well, and it should be pointed out, actually, that he had the idea for the flux capacitor before Before. Marty ever arrived. Right. Uh, it's important to point out here my love of Back to the Future in that uh, Doc holds up a drawing of the flux capacitor yeah. for Marty when he realizes, oh, you're from the future. I drew this. I was hanging a clock yeah. above my sink, fell and slipped and hit his head on the toilet, and he woke up and he drew this, which ended up being the flux capacitor. I have that drawing tattooed on my chest. Nice. So it's the only uh, – hold on. Yes, the only time travel tattoo I have <laughs> tattooed on me. Um, so I, f- I feel like even though, like they're saying, if it's a plot point, why would he go through with it? He knows it works. As a scientist, if you know it's a guarantee that it's going to work. So now he's just got to do workarounds that he can live by it. That's why he's got the bulletproof vest. He took the chance still for the love of science. For the love of science. For the love of science, for this to pay. I'm just going to say the love of science in a, in a broad scope. But I couldn't possibly find another source for the power. Couldn't 
Uh, well, he didn't know of any at that point. You know what I mean? It's not until two that we know that there's an alternate source, but that's because of the future. Well, that's because of the future. future. Right. So for him to, you know what I mean? Like, what's he got? I mean, Pluto- you're right. You're right. Plutonium is the only option. Right. Uh, the, or a bolt of lightning. Or a bolt of lightning. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, he put himself into harm's way for the love Look, of science. Yeah. And we're just going to we're going to let that be that. Yeah. And I think that for new listeners to the podcast, everybody, all of you, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're probably going to overanalyze this one a little bit more simply because we love it. We love it. I've literally my daughter, uh, when she does watch television, watches princesses, uh, ballet movies oh that's fun and back to the future she big fan of black swan (laughs) (laughs) not that sorry for some reason canada makes an odd amount of like ballet school movies where people are overcoming some okay adversary that is just an evil you know it's basically like the film bring it on but with ballet school uh canada makes all these films so whatever (laughs) Uh, so yeah, Marty gets back. He, Doc is okay. He goes to his home and realizes he has changed things. Right. His home is much nicer. His parents are much happier. Much more confident. Much more confident in themselves. Uh, his father has indeed written a book, which is a subplot that he wanted to be a writer. Um, his brother is no longer a fast food employee from what I think. His brother is no longer a fast food employee. His sister is still just sort of his sister. Sister's in the background still. We didn't really, we just saw her kind of wearing a a sweatshirt before, and now she's kind of got a nicer pantsuit on. Let's call it this. She's not a bitch anymore. There you go. Yeah, she's like. (laughs) Money changes people. Money changes people. She's just sort of nice now. Uh, And Biff is waxing their car outside. He works for them. He works for them. He, uh, George had at the beginning of the film the that George the dad had been uh Biff's subservient at yeah. work and now Biff just waxes cars uh and also uh come to find out that uh Marty has a brand new 4x4 truck that yeah. he was pining for at the beginning of yeah. the film his girlfriend shows up says hey mister uh and he's so happy to see her he, you know and you know the the miracle of time travel says a lot about the power of their love that they can still be a couple even though he's changed so much in time yes even though even though the world around him has changed yes. his affection for jennifer yeah. remains yep Ugh. <laughs> um then all of a sudden, so that's literally the power of love right yeah. there. That's the point of the entire film. Yep. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Doc shows up again uh, very quickly in the DeLorean. He says, Marty, you got to come with me. Got these crazy shades on. Got these crazy, he's all future dressed. Yeah. Uh, and he says, you have to come with me. There's a problem. You, there's a problem with your kids, Marty. Yeah. And Jennifer's like, our kids, what, the, what are you right. talking about? And so they get in the DeLorean. Number one rule was nobody should know too much about their future. (laughs) She drops in and goes, you got kids together. (laughs) 
Guess what, guys? It works yeah. out. The yeah. power of love works out. Spoilers. You fuck. <laughs> I think they had already... They already went camping it, together. No, they didn't get a chance to. That's, well, where he they, was gonna, that's why he was pining so hard for that car until it got destroyed at the beginning. When I they mean, got, when I think we would truly have to ask Bob Gale to answer this question. We're getting into really <laughs> was weird... Was Marty weird, a virgin? Was Marty a virgin? <laughs> you know, it was popular in the 80s movies. To, to have a teenage boy, the quest of losing his virginity. I believe there's an actual That was not inserted into this film at no, all. No, not at all. Other than this weird like yeah. inference, and I'm sorry, we glossed over it earlier. They were planning on going camping. camping. Yeah. And he... He did try to feel her up in the beginning, and she shut him down. Yes. Just tried to grab a side boob. Yep. And But it was also like on the town square. Yeah. No and shame like, in his game. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, man, not appropriate. Right. Not the time, bud. I think maybe that's one of the lessons he learned in 1955 was like, hey, man, don't assault women. <laughs> hey, you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what if your mom assaulted yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it. Lots of, yeah, Oedipal things happening yeah. there. Um uh, so, and then they, you know, they get into the DeLorean's kids. There's something got to be done about your kids. Um, they get in the car. He says something about, you know, we don't have doc. We don't have enough road to get up to 80 well, miles per hour. The Mr. Fusion part. He filled it with trash. Ah, uh, yes. This is, yeah. No longer do we need the Libyan plutonium. Uh, we have Mr. Fusion, which, uh, you know, takes advantage of the theoretical, yeah chemical reaction of fusion uh, to simply recycle bananas and high life cans <laughs> to uh, make enough energy to get to 1.21 gigawatts, which I don't think is ever mentioned again. One no, point twenty in the one, other two no, films nope. uh, you get, cause that was the big thing they were solving for this film. Right. They solved it with a lightning strike, yep. a bolt of lightning. Yeah. Uh, and so they don't have enough uh, uh, space to get up to 88 miles per hour. Doc says roads where we're going. We don't need roads. And the fly they, towards the camera. They fly towards the camera. It not to reveal too much, but it's revealed that there's a hover conversion that's been done because he went forward yeah. to 2015. So that's the movie. <laughs> We are going to explore Back to the Future Part 2 and Part 3. I think it's probably good if we take a little break from it. Um, But I do want to point out, uh, while I was super critical of... (laughs) This is an addendum. This is an... Well, I want to make it part of what we're... While we're talking about it, it's just to say that, like, for its faults, it is a piece of work for its... Of its time. And still holds up in that the plot's really solid. Yeah. It's funny. A lot of the actors in it uh, went on to do great other yeah. work. Um, but it's a product of its time. Right. And so, like, weird, like, what's more important? Like, a woman getting sexually assaulted or a guy's arm getting broken? It's like, kinda, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it, it was the 80s. Is that an excuse? No. But as a culture or a society, we weren't where we're at today. So you got to kind of look at that through that lens. It's kind of like, do you want to watch Revenge of the Nerds where that nerd (laughs) uh, 
pretty much rapes i would call a, a lady yeah and it's so and it's and it's, and it's acceptable part of the plot. i mean that happens in animal house but yeah. also it kind of happens in van wilder right and so it's <laughs> this um i am thankful that we are at an evolving point yes. in things I would also like to point out for those that are listening years from now, Brett Kavanaugh was just confirmed <laughs> yeah. under the air. We still of, got some work to do. We have a lot of fucking work to do. Uh, and this is not, we will not be as political no. in the future. <laughs> unless, frankly, unless it calls for it. Right. Um, but because the sexualization of his mother is such a point in this film. Yeah. I mean, literally it's about, his mom having a crush on him and that may make him disappear. Yeah. And I, that's inadvertent. It's not on purpose. They didn't want the film to be about that. They wanted it to be about a man's love for an old man. (laughs) (laughs) A boy's love for an old man. A boy's love, a certain amount of man boy love. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of, interesting like relationships yeah. in this film um none of that and we joke about the you know the man boy love i don't think that's actually what's going mm-hmm. on we will in a much farther episode from now explore sort of there are there have been uh comic books put out and uh graphic novels and i believe the uh back to the future cartoon series addresses it a little bit um of here's how they you know here's how doc and marty met and here's how all that happened but this is a time travel podcast and so we're going to stick to the time travel a little bit more in the future (laughs) so you know maybe this was not the best uh maybe we should have done back to the future three episodes in but i imagine (laughs) that we will continue to analyze back to the future and reference it it's kind of our bar as far as time travel goes like we believe it's a great movie yeah yeah and as far as like the way the time travel actually works, it seems pretty good. It's not like a, a time cop type time travel or a Terminator type time travel. Like there's of all the time travel options, I can't think of a better time travel method. Than yeah, the, than well, the because DeLorean. a lot of times those other films, and while Terminator certainly isn't excluded, time Terminator isn't that interesting to me in terms of a in, in the the frame of time travel right because they're simply solving for a problem that we never even see that's really right we see flash forwards of it uh but i'm much more interested in a first person narrative of what happens you know we joked about like uh superman 3 that's not time travel really right it is central to the plot of that movie but only as a singular device right. to fix everything uh not to harken back to a reference that not a whole lot of people know will know but it's like q in star trek okay it's like yeah. all of a sudden oh there's all these problems how could they possibly be solved oh well there's q that can just solve everything yeah. Yeah, I want, you know, th- there's got to be a time travel has to solve an element of it. It's not just a super strong man goes back to kill somebody. Yeah. There's got to be other aspects of it, or at least an ongoing. Um, <laughs> nobody ever was talking about how the Terminator was going to get back. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was. So, well, it's 
the device of time travel. Sometimes they don't come back. Right. So I guess, and we'll get into whatever. We'll get into the various devices of time travel. You know, I think something, and we'll just call this the, uh, the, the teaser for the future. Yeah. Uh, the film butterfly effect. Yeah. Where he is (laughs) surprisingly really good movie. (laughs) Really, really (laughs) underrated movie there's apparently like four yeah there's those. there's a lot of like straight to dvds i've only seen the first one with, yeah with Ash kutcher yeah. but it's um he's not actually time traveling he's going he, well, back in time well he is time traveling but he's going back in time to occupy his own his body, consciousness his consciousness yeah is that does that that's like a 13 going on 30 type time travel reference or there was a show on uh and this is going to this is a while ago uh WB where a 30-year-old adult goes back in time to his middle school self or high okay. school self and but his consciousness goes back so his consciousness is now in control of that body so it's kind of like a if you yourself you know knowing everything you know now Jump, right. jumped back in time. So it's the, your right. vehicle is your consciousness, not an actual vehicle. Well, but it's a but it's not the his consciousness also knew what happened to him. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not just Yeah, in the butterfly effect, he knew every outcome from every thing he went and redid so he you know towards the end of the movie he well, knew got, the outcome that had happened with when then he caught all their previous and that's why they call it sorry that's why they call it the butterfly right. effect because it's like oh he solved for this problem and then that guy became a murderous yeah. asshole yeah or he solved that problem and then but he had all those timelines died. crammed in his head like he you know what i mean like he remembered everything that happened out of all of those experiences. Hadn't he blocked most of it out though? Not we, to make this a whole, we can of, get into, we'll get into the butterfly <laughs> effect, uh, another time. But, uh, please, if Billy didn't say it in the intro or Billy doesn't say it in the outro, <laughs> your feedback is totally welcome. Yes, please. And you know, we've got a whole list of stuff that we're interested in covering and exploring, but please give us your feedback, uh, at out Oh, nice. Yes, wonderful. There you go. Billy, thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Out of Tim is a Loud Cat podcast production. Find us online at outoftim.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>